All right, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to 2 Corinthians 10, 5. We're going to review our message from two weeks ago, if you weren't here, because I might reference it and I want to make sure we're all on the same page. But today's message will be in 2 Corinthians 10, so turn there as I'm reviewing. And so two weeks ago, last week, uh, Bill from Life Change Camp gave us a message, and so two weeks ago, I had the opportunity to uh, share a message um, called The Philippian Path to Peace, and in that, we talked about that Paul in the book of Philippians, 12 different times, uses the phrase, in Christ. And I'm going to start off there that, that when we are in Christ, when we have placed our faith, when we have placed our life, when we have placed our trust in Christ, certain things inside of us become more and more pronounced. And here are the four things that, that Paul talks about in the book of Philippians that become more pronounced in our lives once we become in Christ. And these four things help us to defeat anxiety. We talked about being uh, filled with thanksgiving. Then in Paul's famous verse that um, through prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, make your requests be made known to God and the peace of God that goes beyond understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And so one of the key elements in defeating our anxiety is thanksgiving. Then we talked about Understanding where our righteousness comes from, that, that I have no righteousness of my own, that we collectively have no righteousness of our own. The only righteousness we have comes from God himself. It is his righteousness given to us through the blood of Jesus that we get to stand in. And so we have to stop trying to work our way into our righteousness because it'll never work. The more we work, the more stressed we get, and we just need to be still and know that God loves us and has given us his righteousness. The third one is to forget our past and to move forward. A lot of our anxiety stems from the idea that God is going, that, I'm sorry, that the enemy is going to expose that one moment in our history that we don't want anyone to know about. That we're afraid to be found out and so we spend a lot of time painting the outside of us really pretty when the inside of us is dead bones and, and God challenges us and, and Paul challenges us to forget that. Forget that, move forward into what God has for you into the destiny and the purpose that he has planned for you. And then the fourth one is to rejoice. In the middle of our anxiety, to look our anxiety in the face and say, you don't control me. You have no power. You have no authority over me. I will stand before my God with my hands raised high and rejoice in what he's done for me. And this week we're going to continue the talk on what it means to defeat anxiety. And this morning we're going to talk about improving our grip. Because we need to start being on the offensive. Uh, I, think, I think it was this last message I taught, I, I talked about that, that we've been retreating too often, that we as this church, me as an individual, in my walk with God, the church as a whole, we've been retreating on, on, uh, in the running away from anxiety because it's too big, it's too much. I wanna go on the offensive today. I want us to begin to take the fight to anxiety and it's gonna start with the way we think. So 2 Corinthians 10 in verse 5. 2 Corinthians 10, verse 5. It says, We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive. We take every thought captive to obey Christ. We take every thought captive. And this morning, we've got to learn how to grab a hold of those. We've got to learn to improve our grip, to not let our thought life get out of control. Because this is what happened to me this morning. This is what happened to me. So I wake up, 
Oh, the big ones are like actual things to be anxious about. I didn't have any of those this morning. I had the petty life things. You know what I'm talking about? The things that we don't have any reason to be anxious for, but we're super anxious about. You know what I'm talking about? And, and before we jump farther in, real quick, I did this last time, I want to do it again. This podium is the dividing point. Over here, we have one type of anxiety. I refer to it as clinical anxiety. This is a, a situation that the hormones or the chemicals are imbalanced in your body, and that is an uncontrollable type of anxiety that God can come in and fix, medication can fix, counseling, all these sorts of things can work in that area. That's not what I'm talking about today. God can heal that, but that's not what we're talking about today. Over here, we're talking about the controllable. We're talking about the things in life that add up to us having anxiety, to us being worried, to us being afraid. And, and the challenge is most of them are honestly a little silly. But if we don't grab them, they mount up. And so this morning, I wake up, and this will tell you a little about myself. I, first thing I thought is, hmm, what am I going to wear to preach in today? Well, that was a worry. I've got, I got a lot of options. I've been blessed with some cool clothes and some sweet shoes. So um, I was a bit, a, bit, a bit anxious about it. And then I get up and, and, and um, my wonderful son, Conlon, clearly has some sort of voice modulation problem and he's being unbelievably loud. Just, I'm like, bud, I'm three rooms away and you're loud. Oh, sorry, dad. And I'm like, did I overreact? Was I a good parent? And then I got to thinking, well, if I'm a parent, I need, okay, we're going to deal with this. We're going to talk through it. And then, um, then Finnegan's walking around in his pull-up. I'm like, is that kid ever going to get potty trained? Like, I should really get on that more. Um, and then I think, oh, I've got three kids. They're going to go to college. Um, like, and then I go, to, I go to the, Conlon needs a shower. And so now my timing's off in the morning. because I'm not a person of routine, but in the morning I am. So there's some more. Um, and then he gets out of the shower and he's like, haha, dad, I think I took all the hot water. I'm like, no, you didn't. Well, what if he did? And then I'm getting ready for the shower and I look over in the mirror. I'm like, when did I get so fat? Like, I should really do something about that. And like, there's that one. And then what else? It just keeps going. It just keeps going. Now here's the deal. Ready? Other than the college of them, none of them are actually things to be anxious about. But you notice I didn't grab a hold of any of them. They just kept mounting up. They just kept mounting up and they just kept mounting up. Because too many of us allow that one thought to just rattle around. It's really obnoxious, right? Now it's not, it's, I did this for the youth group and we did it in the fellowship hall. It's much louder. I kind of want to mic it so you can really get the experience, but I thought I'd be kind. But this is what happens. You get that one anxious thought that drops into your mind and we don't stop it. We don't grab it. We don't compare it to the truth of God. We just let it sit. And if you're anything like me, thoughts don't just sit in my brain. They swirl around. It's a little hard to focus. It's a little hard to pay attention to what's going on in my world. It's a little hard to be present with my kids. It's a little hard to be present with my wife. It's a little hard to be present in this moment preaching the word of God when that's what's rolling around in my brain. 
But that's what each and every one of us this morning, at some point, if not this morning, maybe yesterday, and if not yesterday, the day before, this is what happened. It starts with one thought, one innocuous, unimportant thing that we don't grab a hold of, and we don't compare to the truth of God. We don't. We just hold on to it. We, just let, we don't even hold on to it. We don't stop. We don't grab it. We just continue to think. And what happened this morning is that one starts spinning around, and then there's two, and what was it? It's okay. I lost my marbles. Ha ha. That's my son, Easton. He's my favorite. But what if, what if you had 15 thoughts? Anybody honestly like, oh yeah, 15 thoughts, but like 10 minutes after I wake up, no problem. It's worse, isn't it? I really think this might be what hell sounds like. I'm not going to lie. I really think like this is the, the background music of hell. This is what you guys are living with every single day. And if we're honest, we're like, I, just, I don't remember the last time I heard from God. I wonder why. I wonder why. We are so busy being focused on our worries that we can't hear anything else. And God this morning is challenging us, improve your grip. Improve your grip. Grab a hold of that thought and compare it. Because this is not, Paul, this is not the only time Paul talks about this. Paul talks about this over and over and over, Romans 12, 2. We'll put it up on the screen so we don't have to turn there. Romans 12, 2 says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Stop allowing anxiety, anxious thoughts, worry, and fear to dominate your way of thinking. That's the way the world does. The world lives filled with anxiety, filled with worry. We're supposed to be different. This is one of the ways that we can be absolutely and totally unique from the world is for us to say, I'm not okay with this anymore. I'm going to grab one of those thoughts. I'm going to physically grab it out of my brain and I'm going to examine it. Proverbs 3, 5 tells us, to trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. Because if we try it, we talked about this two weeks ago, if I try and understand my anxiety, it gives me more anxiety. Because what we do is we, we just live with it. We just live with it like we've decided this is just my lot in life. I'm an anxious kind of person. This is just my lot in life. I'm sorry, if, if you've said yes to Jesus, that's not your lot in life anymore. I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. That is a lie from the pit of hell. Your lot in life is freedom. Your lot in life is peace. Your lot in life is freedom for the son, whom the sun sets free is free indeed, free from anxiety, free from fear, free from worry, free from all of these things, except we have a little part to play. And we've just decided that I'm just gonna try and figure it out on my own. And, 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 if, and if I fix everything outside of me, I won't be anxious anymore. If I just fix all of my circumstances, I won't be anxious anymore. I won't have worry anymore. And that's just a lie. Here's how we know this, because depending on what I read, different articles between 90, I'll just say it this way, 95 plus percent of people who say they struggle with anxiety live in first world countries. The more stuff you have, the more stuff you have to be anxious about. 
the more stuff you have, the more stuff you have to be anxious about. So gathering more stuff and making a more perfect life just adds more anxiety. It's when we grab it. It's when we grab it. And then one more, one more. We have Colossians 3, 1 and 2. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is. Seated at the right hand of God, set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. A couple weeks ago, I, had the, I shared the thought that when we are a, thanks, a thankful people, that we are more worried about being thankful than we are worried about our worries. That was an offhanded comment I made, but I've had more people quote that back to me in the last two weeks because when we're thankful, we have set our minds on things that are above. We have set our minds on what God has done for us, on the blessings that he pours out upon us, that we are focused there and not focused on the negativity of this world, the junk of this world. We can then take captive, take a hold of these thoughts and compare them, and we compare them to the truth of God. And being thankful is one of the ways that we begin doing that because you set your mind on God. You don't set it on the world because the world is up and down and fades away and comes and goes and it's filled with anxiety. God is not. God is filled with peace and love and joy and happiness and we need all of those things. And so now we ask the question, well, what do we compare it to? And Paul knew that question was coming. And so in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, we covered Philippians 4, 7 a couple weeks ago. In Philippians 4, 8, he gives us a list of things to compare it to. So you take that thought. You take the thought and you say, is it true? Is it honorable? Is it just? Is it pure? Is it lovely? Is it commendable? Is it excellent? And is it worthy of praise? Now I gotta be honest. I may have had like two, potentially three thoughts yesterday that were all of those things. Every single one failed that test. But do you know what I didn't do? I didn't grab it. Over these last two weeks, since I knew I was going to preach this message, I have attempted this. And, and I'm so excited because it has actually worked. <laughs> I know, surprise, the word of God actually works. It's amazing. Um, when you apply the word of God, it's like hand soap. Hand soap in the bottle doesn't do us any good. You have to apply it. That's the word of God. When I began to apply the word of God, it actually was, was helpful and, and functional. But when I didn't, anxiety built. It was amazing. It was amazing. I caught myself, I was out on the deer stand not seeing anything shootable, so I had plenty of time to think. And when I was praying, I was doing great, but then I'd stop and my thoughts no longer were true and honorable and just and I didn't stop to grab them and all of a sudden my jar was filled with these thoughts and I was overwhelmed sitting on the deer stand overwhelmed with anxiety that's stupid <laughs> it's one of the most peaceful places ever other than like the 900 squirrels that I wanted to shoot other than that it was super peaceful all my hunters totally understand the worst but what we do if, if we're good if we're good we'll grab it We'll grab it and we'll say, is it true, honorable, just, da, 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 da. No, it's not. Okay, but I'll keep thinking about it. Right? We don't actually get rid of the thought. Because what we're supposed to do is to take captive every imagination, every thought, compare it to this list, compare it to the things that God has for us. And if they don't fit, please don't land on the, good. I was like, please don't land on the keyboard. You get rid of it. You throw it away. Now, unfortunately, what tends to happen is they tend to come back. What, what is really obnoxious about thoughts 
is we can get rid of them and it's almost like they're magnetized. They come back. So, all right, class, then what do we do? We do it again. We take that thought, we compare it to the truth of God, we compare it to is it just, is it true, is it kind, is it this, is it that? No, then get rid of it. And what if it comes back again? You do it again. And everyone's like, I don't have time for that. Who in the world has time for that? And I realize the people who have time for that are the people who are tired of being crippled with anxiety. The people who are tired of living a worry-filled lives will find time, will find the energy to do this. Because this, ladies and gentlemen, I promise you, this has been the most helpful thing in me dealing with my anxiety over the last two weeks is to take that thought captive. This is what I'm stressed about. This is what I'm worried about. Man, that is a ridiculous, petty thing to be worried about. I should just get rid of it, and so I do. I'm not any different than you. Five minutes later, guess what? It's back. Hey, 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 I already grabbed you. We've already talked about this, like your children. We've talked about this once, and you get rid of it again. And over and over and over. Well, then the question becomes, this is what I hear all the time, whenever I talk about this with anybody, it's just too hard. It's too hard. I can't do it. It's too hard. I don't, I don't have the capacity. I don't have the skill set. I don't have the ability. I don't have the endurance. I don't have all of these things. I don't have it. I cannot do it. And that's where it becomes really sad because God has given us the ability. Me, personally, I don't have the ability at all. I am, again, guys, I am no different from you in the fact that I get overwhelmed by the tiny, insignificant thoughts of this life. I get overwhelmed by the things in this life that in the big picture just don't matter. Second Timothy, Paul tells his disciple that God did not give you a spirit of fear but of power, love, and self-discipline or self-control. This is a gift from God. Paul also tells us in the fruits of the Spirit that we have been given the fruit of the Spirit of patience. Other translations call it perseverance. My least favorite one is long-suffering. All the same word. God gives you the ability to do this. He gives you the want to do it, the will to do it, and the ability because he gives you persistence. He gives you perseverance. He gives you self-control and self-discipline to be able to do this because, guys, this is a practice that we need to start doing. It's not something that comes naturally to most people. Most people don't think to grab a hold of the thought, compare it to the truth of God, and then get rid of it. This is a discipline. This is a practice that God gives us. Galatians, also in Galatians, Paul tells us to, to, to not... Do not grow tired of doing what is good. Do not grow tired of doing what is right because this is right and good because when we are worry-free, when we don't have that constant noise rattling around in our brains, we can begin to focus on what God has for us so much better. Because how can any of us hear the quiet, still voice of God when anxiety is running in our heads? How can you focus at work on the details of your job when you've got anxiety running around in your head? How can you sit with your, with your child and help them with their homework when you've got anxiety rattling around in your head that you have the ability by God's grace to grab a hold of? And say, I don't, I don't have to do this. I can, I can, I can stop. Thank you, God, that you have given me the ability to stop. 
But here's where it gets really, really cool for me. So if we go back to Philippians, let's turn there. I want you guys to see this. I want you, I want you to see this. Go, we were in Philippians a couple weeks ago, so jump to the book of Philippians again. This was, to me, one of the biggest game changers when I looked at Philippians two weeks ago. Because for a lot of us, it's gonna take some time and some practice to start catching some of our thoughts. And some of us have so many running around, it's the question, where do you start? And my question is, my statement would be, pick one. I gotta be honest, I don't know that it totally matters if you've got a, a, a jar full of marbles that are spinning around in your brain and you're like, well, Brian, which one do I pick first? I don't know. Pick one. Reach in there, grab the first one you can, and compare it. Compare it to the truth of God. If you've noticed over the last few times that I've spoken up here, I keep talking about my small group. I keep talking about my small group because it's the place where anxiety is defeated the best. That's why one of the reasons I love this church is because we truly are a community. We're not just a family church, we're a community church because in Philippians 4, verse 7, let's start in verse 6 just so we get the context. He says, Paul says to the Philippian church, do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And here you go. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I've read Philippians dozens of times. I never noticed that those words were plural. Will guard your hearts and minds, plural. Because anxiety is defeated within community. Anxiety is not, will not, cannot be defeated in isolation. It's got to be done in community. Because the peace of God that goes beyond understanding is for the corporate body. It is for our hearts and our minds together corporately. Because what happens, let's say we just get a few marbles in here. Okay, we're not too bad, we're doing okay. But it's still really loud. Still really loud. It's really hard to hear truth when the noise is that loud. But when we have people pouring into us, and it doesn't take very much, just a little bit. The anxiety is not gone, but now I can hear. I haven't defeated anxiety because I haven't even started to grab a hold of anything yet. But I've been overwhelmed with anxiety and when I'm overwhelmed with anxiety, I push everyone away because the first thing that comes along with anxiety is this giant feeling of shame. Is this giant feeling of guilt and unworthiness of I should be able to handle this, I should be better, I should, I should, I should. But nobody has ever taught you how. I hear so many pastors talk about cast your cares on God because he cares. Awesome. How? Even in youth group, I said this last time, cast your cares on God. We wrote our cares on some paper. We wadded it up and we threw it at a cross. Cast your cares on God because he cares. Then what? Well, Brian, I, I tried to grab one of these and I did and it came back. Now what? Again, again, again. Get in community because they don't spin nearly as fast 
when you've got people pouring into you. And the more that people pour into you, the quieter it becomes. It's got to be done within a corporate setting. Because, oh, I already had one out. What tends to happen is we don't deal with the small ones. And when the big ones come, they're too much. When the real life stress, when, when the, the real true beyond what am I going to wear to church on Sunday morning stress comes in, if we have not started taking captive every thought, and we've not started to be in community, one of these drops really, really hard. Because guys, Jesus said, in this life you will face trouble. It's a promise, it's a guarantee. In this life you will face trouble, and, and he's not wrong. If you're, a remote, if you're an adult or, or remotely an adult or, or been an adult for more than 10 seconds, life becomes really, really hard. And life by yourself outside of community is even harder. That's why I will never understand the, this, I, this come and go church of, of I come in, I, I get my little bit of Jesus and I go home. What you're missing is the ability within community to withstand the stress that life is going to throw at you. Now, in youth group, I'd actually throw these at you, but I won't with adults. I'm kidding. I wouldn't throw them at your children, maybe a little. I'd lob them. I wouldn't throw them. But it's going to come, and it's going to come hard, and it's going to come fast. And, and the old statement is, they don't come in ones and twos, but they come at three at a time, right? That's always the statement I hear. Well, bad things always come three at a time. Well, stop saying that. Rebuke that in the name of Jesus. But what if? What if we're filled to the top and these just bounce out and we're too, it's too much? It's overwhelming. Take captive. Don't settle for anxiety. That is not the gift that God has given you. If you on earth know how to give good gifts, how much better does God know how to give? The gift that God has given you is not an anxious heart. The gift that God has given you is the Holy Spirit, and through the Holy Spirit, he's given you the discipline and the perseverance and the tenacity to accomplish this task. And he's also given you this community. He has placed you here for a reason. None of you are here by accident. None of you are here because, well, mom and dad landed here 25 years ago. No, you're here because God brought them here. You're here because God has you here. And he got you here this morning to hear this message at this time so that you can defeat anxiety in your life. Not manage it. We talked about that two weeks ago. I'm going to continue to say it. Stop trying to manage your anxiety. Do you know what managing anxiety does? It gives you more anxiety. 
I use the analogy and I'll say it again. It's like having a pet tiger on a leash that keeps biting you. You're like, I've totally got this under control. Dude, your leg looks like it's gnarled, man. I'm good. It's fine. I've got it under control. When you do that, when you say, I've got it under control, I want you to stop and take a look around and notice you've probably got no one else close. Because when you think you've got it under control, the sense of pride comes in and you begin to build up walls. And I got to thinking, does anybody remember, I was right over here, it was one of my first messages ever, and I tried to smash a pot. Was anybody here for that one and it wouldn't break? Yeah, that was awesome. This analogy is working out much better. But I was talking about building up walls and God wants to tear them down. I had this little clay pot because this stage is hollow. It, wouldn't, it kept giving and it wouldn't break. But it's this idea that when we, we say that I've got it under control, this sense of pride builds up and that pride causes more anxiousness because what we do is we say, I have a righteousness of my own. I've done this on my own. I am better than all of you because I have defeated my anxiety on my own. And that's just a wall and it's fake and it's nonsense. Because the only way, the only way, the only way you're going to defeat anxiety in your life is through the power of the Holy Spirit. That's why Paul says 12 times in Philippians, in his path to peace in Christ. And so now I'm gonna be the pastor who says this, that, that if you're here this morning and you've never placed your faith in Christ, that you are living a life outside of being in Christ, there is zero hope for you to live anxiety free. It's not possible. It's not. Peace, hope, joy is only found within Jesus. And if you've placed your faith in Jesus, one of the gifts that he's given you is a worry-free, peace-free existence. You renew your mind. You stop thinking about all the things that are going on in this world that are there to make you see the world negatively because that's all the world knows how to do. We should stop being mad at the world that it's so bad. That's the only thing the world knows how to do is to be bad. We are different from the world. We are supposed to live a life of still quietness. And that's not externally that's internally. So we can sit down in our prayer time and hear silence instead of hearing that all the time. If your prayer life sounds like you're just talking to the ceiling, if your worship just sings like, sounds like some words that you're singing, if you're struggling connecting with people, if you're struggling connecting to this house, I challenge you as soon as you get home to just start with one. Just start with one. What is making you anxious right now?